Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Training Camp for the Soul podcast. I am your host, Chris Marhefka, and this podcast was created to help you discover the root of your frustrations, heal your inner child, and help you break through your own barriers so that you can create more ease in every area of your life. Join me, along with the founder of Training Camp for the Soul, Anat Perry, as we provide proven tools to a more fulfilling life. We'll also be interviewing guest experts and also thriving clients who have been right where you are today. If you are looking to awaken your aliveness, deeply connect with your true heart's mission, repattern your old habits, and become the best version of you, then this show is for you. Thank you for joining and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the brand new Training Camp for the Soul podcast. This is a long time coming, and Anat and I are very excited to be bringing you all, the listeners, the first episode of this show. And on this show, we're going to be diving uh, deeply into the work that we do at Training Camp for the Soul, and also lots of our clients' stories, successes, wins, transformations uh, that they've experienced along the way. And for this first episode, we wanted to give you all the listeners some context into what Training Camp for the Soul is all about, how it came to be, and hear a little bit from the founder, Anat Perry, and myself the co-facilitator and CEO, Chris Marhefka. Uh, so today we're going to dive in. I'm going to be leading this conversation and Anat and I are going to be sharing a little bit about ourselves, the program, what we offer, and then um, giving you a little more context on what you can expect on this podcast going forward. So thank you all for joining us uh, to this very first episode. And uh, we hope you love the show. If you do, please subscribe, leave us a raving review, and also share this with a friend um, who you think may benefit from this wisdom, knowledge, information, and these stories. Thank you all for joining us. And Anat, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, super excited for this and uh, good to be here. (laughs) So I would like to start uh, by giving all of the listeners a little bit of context of how this amazing transformational company called Training Camp for the Soul that's now helped hundreds of people transform their lives, how it came to be. And uh, because uh, even though I I know a lot of the history, um, I imagine many of our listeners, even some of our clients may not know the whole story. So can you give uh, a little bit of context at how we got to be today in this moment with training camp? Mm. Divine. (laughs) That's it. It was all divine. It's it's not even my doing. Um, I say that lightly, but it's also very true. Um, I have, and I'll, I'll, I'll get into the story of it, but. To summarize it, I would say that I'm I'm still in awe every day of how this baby keeps growing, just like a newborn that you have, and you're like, oh, I wonder, 
what this little one's going to look like and what it's going to grow into and what his interests or her interests are going to be. And it's been very much process like that over the past almost, uh, yeah, I guess six and a half years. So um, started out not being called training camp for the soul. Uh, it actually started out as being called journey to love. Um, Cause that's really part of what the experience of it is. Um, is really a journey to love, to self-love, to just being more in a place of uh, our heart and open to love and to the world and leading from that place. Um, but about a year and a half, two years into it, um, I had a, a client, Mike Bledsoe, who then became my first uh, business partner on this, tell me that doesn't sell or not. That doesn't sell to my audience. <laughs> My CrossFit community does not want to do journey to love. Um, so, uh, yeah, started out as that. And to go back a little farther than that, I've been in the transformational self-development space for uh, going on 17 years, 18 years, since 2005. And... Uh, even before that, there was always a desire and an interest and a calling for me to, um, to psychology, to understanding people in this way. My friends used to always come to me in high school for advice. God knows what I said to them <laughs> now, but whatever it was back then, it created peace of mind. And I even wanted, the part of me wanted to major in psychology because that was really what I was interested in. And then another part of me was like, I don't want eight years of school. <laughs> I <laughs> never really, um, never really enjoyed traditional schooling the way that we learn. It's not my style of learning. My style of learning is more experiential. So instead, I went the route of business and finance, which is fine. It led me through divine connections to mm, a job that led me to a boyfriend that led me to my first self-development program anyway. So full circle, meant to be, totally meant to be. Um, and, you know, in the beginning of it, as much as I fell in love with being in self-development in that whole world, I was really in it for myself first. I was in it for my relationship with my mother and the battles and struggles that we had. And, um, for the next eight years or so, it was a combination for me of continuing to explore and look to discovering myself. And at the same time, volunteering and apprenticing and learning from different mentors and programs, um, but never launching my own thing yet. And the number one reason for that is that I felt that I wasn't there yet. So it didn't feel an integrity for me to put, you know, to go and coach and help other people when, when my life didn't feel settled, grounded enough. And, um, you know, eight years into it, I hit my rock bottom and realized that I still don't have a clue, <laughs> um, which led me to literally leaving my whole life behind in New York City and moving to California with $2,000 to my name, no job, no car, no home, no plan, one friend here, and really embarking on the beginning of my true spiritual journey 
and um, discovering plant medicine, discovering my, my mentor who really laid down the foundation for this work and experiencing uh, the type of transformational work that we now lead here experiencing work that wasn't just cognitive, which I realized for eight years, that's what I did. I did a lot of mindset work. I was trimming weeds, but I uh, wasn't getting to the root of it, wasn't getting transformation. And then working with him, he was a body-mind psychologist for 40 years. He had a school, he taught many people. And quickly he recognized in me that I have a gift with this. And about a year later, I apprenticed with him for a couple of months and that was uh, six and a half years ago or a little bit more, seven years ago. And then just took the leap, took the leap to start my own thing and hired some business coaches and got clear on my, my one line statement, which back then was, um, you know, people ask me, what do you do? I'd say, I help men and women who are failing at dating find a relationship that lasts and deepens over time, (laughs) (laughs) which was comical because that's what I was trying to get to myself. Uh Um, And a lot of times that's what we do. Right. (laughs) But uh, it was something and I just ran with it and the timing was right. The universe supported me and without any social media presence, without any marketing website. I had nothing but like those words out of my mouth and my energy, my presence. Um, I started getting clients through word of mouth or through meeting people. I remember I met my first client was a referral and she lived in, uh, in Dubai. So I was like, Oh shit, I'm an international coach. (laughs) (laughs) And she was a referral from a childhood friend who was her nutritionist. And my second client I met at Burning Man And it just unfolded in that way. And um, I needed it to, because at that point I was 35 years old and my, or 36 years old. And my track record was a lot of failure in startups, in New York, in finance, in different industries, chasing money, thinking when I make the money, then I'll go do what I really want to do. And so this was so vulnerable for me because it really felt like my life's work. It really felt like what I wanted to do. So much so that I um, I was willing to surrender to the universe around it. And I remember saying, universe, okay, here we are again. And if this is where you want me to serve, then without me forcing, without me pushing, without me doing all the things that you could do to build a coaching business, um, I'm just going to do what I know comes naturally to me, which is connecting, meeting, talking to people in person. But if this is where you want me to serve, then, then you're going to work with me. You're going to bring me those that need my medicine. And that is how it unfolded. And, um, you know, my first, the first year, uh, it was just referrals, which meant at least the work that I was doing, I knew was great. And, um, first year broke six figures and I wasn't charging that much, but broke six figures and um, had my first speaking gig and did my first retreat and started to develop what became the first, the first iteration, the first model of training camp for the soul, which went quickly from being 
virtual Google Docs show up on calls and be lost. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I really, really praise my very first clients. <laughs> yeah, just think of like iPhone version one. Yeah. I mean, would yeah. you? No one in, would buy it today, but back then it was. Well, you know, so there was version one when I first kicked off, which was all virtual for four months. Um, but no modules, no fancy stuff, just Google Docs and show up on Zoom call to eight, nine months later doing private retreats, one-on-one -on -one retreats to then having my first speaking gig. Actually, Mike Bledsoe had me on his stage at his mastermind um, to doing my first group retreat uh, with the, you know, some of the guys that we we know and, and talk to now, like Alpha Hippie, Ryan and, and Angela Cisco. Um, so doing first, so then I shifted my model to all group retreats, small intimate groups that I can lead on my own as the only person. I mean, I used to have three to five people, and I would be I'd have one person maybe that'd help with food shopping, but we'd be in there cooking the food while people were filling out their paperwork and stuff in between sessions and then. I just want to do whatever, whatever it took. Yeah. Um, and, and I loved it. I loved seeing people's transformation the most. Um, I loved seeing, you know, men who uh, were leaders and wanted to be even bigger leaders and are now because of this, um, access their heart, access their permission to feel their feelings and have a good cry. Um, yeah, I love people step uh, step into healing relationships and step into committing to relationships. So, um, yeah, so that was my rinse and repeat. Um, whenever I could fill, you know, every two months or so, leading a group of five people or so, which you know, being the only one collecting all the money, it was, it was a nice amount of money. Um, but all the work was on me. <laughs> And a lot of things are not in my wheelhouse, um, but I only did the things that were. So I still didn't have a website. I still didn't do anything. Like if you weren't a close friend of mine, you couldn't go to my social media, my Facebook page. I wasn't even on Instagram and, you know, and see and know what I did for a living. I was not ready to be public about it. It still felt so tender and so sacred to me that I wanted to make sure, and even though I hit six figures and was doing well and continued to get referrals, I just had no clue about how to bring it, uh, be comfortable bringing it out into the world. And um, yeah, luckily uh, other people showed up along the way to support that. So going into now beginning of year three is when Mike Bledsoe finally did my retreat. Um, he had wanted to for a year after seeing his clients from his mastermind go through it and be like, okay, what is this? I've done a lot, but whatever you've done to them and who they are now, I am so curious. And he finally had time in his schedule to participate. And three days into the six day retreat, he was like, this is incredible. I have some ideas. Uh, I want to help you get this out to more people. He was the marketer. He was the star. He was the person that was comfortable being out there and getting the message out. And uh, he said, he goes, when he offered that, 
he said there was a part of him that was surprised that I said yes because a lot of people wouldn't a lot of people would be like this is my thing I know what I'm doing and uh, I'm the complete opposite I love working with a team especially when I recognize that hey this is not in my wheelhouse so yes please um so yeah we we partnered up uh, I guess it was about three years ago and um he said, I'll have you on my podcast. I have thousands of listeners. We'll get a hundred applications and like, you know, skyrocket this thing. And, you know, three months into it, trickle, 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 like little drips of, you know, having only three people or five people sign up. Um, I exper experienced my first like hang uh, expectation hangover. There was an expectation of how fast we thought people would buy into this to then the reality of it. And, you know, we filled our first group of five and had an amazing retreat. And then a few months later, only three people signed up. And um, right after that retreat, I really had this moment where I just felt like I wanted to quit. Like maybe I'm not cut out for all, you know, for entrepreneurship. I just want to coach and facilitate and like create programs. That's all I want to do. I didn't want to do all the other things. And uh, I was literally ready to just quit and go just find a gig where I just get to be a coach. And I think it's an important pivotal moment for people to allow themselves to get to and to give themselves permission to detach from what they're so attached to. Because mm -hmm. as soon as I started to let go of my grip, my expectation of what it should look like, of how fast it should grow, um, and I completely let go where I was like willing to let it completely crumble is when it started to move on its own. And I actually had someone who coached me reach out to me the next day after I had that thought. Mm. Uh, again, divine. And she's a very successful love and relationship coach. And she said to me, Hey, I'm looking for some master coaches. You want to come work for me? Like, well, isn't this interesting? I just had this thought <laughs> yesterday. And I swear, again, divine, like divine orchestration, the universe just sent her my way so that I could I could let go. Because she didn't say, okay, yeah, you're interested. All right, let's talk tomorrow. She said, oh, okay, awesome. You're interested. Let me get back to you. I'm going to talk to my CFO. And she got back to me two months later. But what it did for me is it created this second door, this yeah. other option. Making it real. So it became real that like, okay, if this doesn't work anymore, training camp doesn't work anymore. I have this as an option. And so it helped me. Thank you, universe, for bringing that gift to detach, to let go of the hard grip on, no, this has to work. and. Uh, she kind of touched base with me in July, but by the time she did, we had filled an August retreat. Mm. And, um, and then at the end of that retreat, Mike went to Burning Man. I went home. I birthed 
the new vision of the virtual program, which your former wife, Bryn, was in, and filled the November retreat. By the time Mike called me as he was leaving Burning Man, I said, okay, so November retreat is sold out and I just filled my first beta virtual with six people kicking off next month. (laughs) And then guess who I heard from? I heard from this coach. Yeah. And she said, okay, so you're interested. Here's the offering, da, da, da. And I said, actually, my business is, is moving along now and I'm no longer interested. She goes, well, do you want to be a master teacher? Do uh, do you want to come teach a class for my my clients? And I said, oh, that I'll totally do. So instead, I taught a two-hour class, which to this day, people still listen to that join her program and um, has led to clients like Erna and Miriam, some of our clients finding us. So it served a pur- served many purposes, that experience with her. And so that was, um, I guess that was three years ago. I'm not losing track of years here. Yeah, that years was, mm-hmm. yeah, that was three years ago. Um, so the beginning of, I guess, year, year four. And, uh, you're, you know, I, I was at that time now, doing both a retreat every other month with six people in this beautiful home in Idlewild, California, in the mountains, and also leading it virtual over a course of 90 days. And um, the beta test was a success, uh, tremendous results. And Bryn, your former wife, at the end of it was like, I... I want to be a part of this. I want to help you whatever way I can. And she was even willing to just do it for free. She wasn't expecting me to say, well, you're good at social media, aren't you? Um, Maybe you could help get me a social media presence. And so only then was there a start of people knowing about this on social media. And uh, we still didn't have, uh, well, I think we started to have um, a decent website then. It was like version one of a website. and we repeated that model up until COVID. Mm-hmm. So retreat every two months with six people and a virtual program every 90 days. And it felt amazing. It felt like we were dialing it in. And um, in, the, in those next, guess what it was it, year and a half, I really got clear on the modality. Because what I heard for many years was a not, I want to learn to do what you do. Mm. And I just didn't know how to teach someone else to do what I do. Because I was just tapping into my own inner wisdom. But getting all those reps in helped to see the, the modality and the steps. And that was really my intention during that fourth year. It was like, I need to... Mike and I were like, we need to get clear on what the process actually is that we're taking people through here. Um, and we did. We succeeded on that. And it was perfect timing to when you stepped in. And I'll let you take over with, with that story. Um, and you were my first apprentice. Mm-hmm. 
success. Success. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's that's the journey up to uh, you know two years ago. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And um, yeah, at that point, uh, like you said, uh, Bryn, my ex-wife, had done the program, and I guess I had a similar experience to Mike seeing his clients. I saw Bryn, I was like, "Whoa, what's this you're doing? What what's all these changes?" and and just being happier and lighter and more fulfilled. And so I did. Uh, I did the following: the the next virtual, I guess, class class two after after the one after the beta, and. Um, yeah, Bryn, Bryn had gone to, I think it was your January retreat and just came back so lit up and just like, this is such, she was just like, this is so powerful. This is amazing. And then when I, when I, when I graduated my virtual class in March, 2019, um, there was another retreat coming up and I, I honestly don't even know to this day how it came about, but I got invited, uh, to, oh, I'll tell you. Yeah, I, you know, I felt um, that, well, we, we needed help in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the idea of take like, I just wanted a married couple to be able to spend time together and not be apart for a whole week. Yeah, I said to Bryn, does Chris have any cooking skills? She's like, Oh, yeah. She's <laughs> like, see if he wants to come and volunteer uh, in the kitchen. And yeah. boy, did you upgrade the, the, the quality? <laughs> um in there so uh that's how you ended up there little did we know little did we know and and that's another one of the the, add that to the divine column of the training camp for the soul history because i mean at the time i was i was running two companies and there was no reason i should be taking off to go in the mountains of california for seven eight days of travel to go volunteer and cooking in the kitchen and um yet it felt right it felt like a hell yes and so i did and that that first retreat was uh, i had the same experience that Bryn had it came back i was so lit up and i was like this is really powerful powerful work and um and i clearly upgraded the food situation so i got invited back and 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 came back and um did that i think two two more times maybe maybe even Mm -hmm. uh yeah, two more times. Yeah, two more. And uh, I guess it was on that that third one that um, there was a third or the fourth one. I lose track of third one. Third one. Okay. Third that one. We asked you. Yeah, that uh, that you and Mike approached me and asked me uh, if I wanted to start apprenticing for yeah facilitating. Yeah. So I want to chime in here because in between the first one that you were at and the second one that you came back to help in the kitchen, Mike had a conversation with me and said, look, I love being at the retreats. It's fun. But he had started his business, the strong coach, his, his coaching company uh, up. And he realized that he couldn't give enough energy to both in the same way. And he planted the seed with me and said, you know, let's look if we can find my replacement, someone that can really own this co-facilitator role, because he was just really a placeholder. It was never his like purpose, passion to co-facilitate. And he actually thought, I don't know if I ever told you this, he thought Mark England could be it, which is why he, which is why he invited Mark to the March retreat. Um, 
Yeah. And then, so he planted that seed mm. that then at that second retreat that you were at, when you weren't in the kitchen, you were sitting there, you were soaking it all in. And when Mike and I would look over at you or the energy just emanating from you is like, God, this guy has such great presence and such a big heart. And anytime you gave anyone a hug after their hot seat, they would literally have like a second like wave of release and cry just in your arms. And we just quickly recognized, we're like, hmm, maybe this is our guy. <laughs> and then, you know, to see you um, right after that retreat, be like, okay, I'm, I'm start to let go of your past life, not yeah. past life, but now past yeah. life, <laughs> but let go of your businesses and not knowing what's next yet, but knowing that it wasn't it and making that room. And we just watched you do that and let you have that period of unknown of, okay, I'm selling these businesses. I'm selling my house. I'm just going to step into the unknown. And even though we knew we want him to apprentice, I didn't want to rob you of that time period of feeling the courage and the gift of that unknown period. So we waited until you showed up at the third one mm. um, to cook in the kitchen to say, hey, listen, we're looking someone to apprentice. Are you interested? And you said yes. and. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what happened next? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was such a, yeah. that was such a, a critical time for me. I think at the time mm -hmm. I was at, as I, I used to do really, really downplaying it. Um, but it was the first time in my life that I didn't have the ABC linear steps lined up and it was, it was scary. It was scary to be going through all of that change and not knowing what was next. And so I think it was so important to have that, um, not knowing, and it, it allowed me to be in that discomfort. And then it also allowed me to know because I was creating space, it allowed me to know what a full yes was. Because before that, I was just jumping into the things that were there and that made the next logical sense. But it, with this, with all the space, I actually was able to decide or choose for the first time, like, is this it? Is this something I want to do? Um, and it, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a full yes for me. Um, what's funny is it, it, it felt really similar to, and I, this is probably the first time I've made this connection, how I got into my first, uh, maybe not my first career, but in fitness, I was in fitness for over a decade and I started as a personal trainer and then I started running these group classes. And at the time I was just doing it because it's who I was and who I, how I thought I could serve others at the time and support others. And I never thought it was a career. Like I never looked at it. Even when I started my, what became my gym, it was still a for fun thing. It was like, I'm really good at this. And I just, I would do it for free. And it felt the same way when I was sitting in on sessions. Then when I was, um, apprenticing with you, it was like, yeah, this is really awesome. Like, I don't know what it's going to turn into like for a career, but like, I I'm really good at this and I love doing it. Um, and so we did that for, for a few retreats and, um, yeah. And then, 
few things changed in 2020. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you <laughs> apprenticed two retreats mm -hmm. and then led co-led with me the first one in January and we rocked it. Rocked it. Mm -hmm. And then we got um, Reiki attuned for those that don't know what that is. We got trained in and had a work uh, with the energy that's called Reiki and move energy in that way, which really opened up a lot of gifts for you mm -hmm. um, that, you know, we came back and led in March together and it was so powerful. And you, I think, fell in love with facilitating and using this and, and connecting to um, what I feel is your strong, your stronger gift than mine of, um, being connected like to like moving energy i'm i'm more channel mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and you're more very energetically attuned and um so we really got to see how well we we danced together in that and then while we were there literally <laughs> news about lockdown in a few days coming up we, we were very fortunate that we got to wrap up the retreat and mm -hmm. get our clients flown back to their homes before before <laughs> for lockdown yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and then and then that that became the catalyst for what happened next in in training camp because we went from oh we, we can't run in-person retreats every two months um now what and so really yeah yeah and i remember saying i mean we were just getting ready to launch our new website and I was just, I was just not going to buy into the chaos. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying, this is happening for us. Like literally it wasn't even April 1st yet. And I was like, yeah. this is happening for us and we're just going to pivot. We're just going to get yeah. super creative. And, uh, we didn't have another retreat till June planned. Mm -hmm. And I remember you, cause you so loved the in-person and you still do, right? Yeah. The in-person over virtual and you hadn't done any virtual, um, with me yet. Yeah. So I think you were like, oh man, okay. But how quickly can we back, get back to retreats? Yep. And I was like, okay, we're going to put that on hold and like it or not, we're going to pivot to the virtual. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, out of that, we birthed the new model of going and it was really good for me uh, and, and I'll say this for the three years of leading retreats Mike and I and even you and I wondered okay but how can we serve more people mm -hmm. we're really maxed out in these six days the curriculum we take them through we can't do more than six people mm -hmm. we can't yeah. and so it was real dilemma and that's why I started the virtual, but I created the same limitation in my yeah. virtual. Like I can't take more than like six to eight people. And I was stuck in that. And COVID happened for us. It really did. It's the best thing that ever happened to our business because it forced me to think outside of that limitation to let go of that story that like it's not possible and that it has to look this way and shift to what we do today, which is, um, you know, bigger, bigger virtual group of 20 to 30 people. Um, so what happened that April was I got that idea and then 
I'd been sitting with, pregnant with, uh, the idea of launching a facilitator training since the August before COVID. And I'd been seeding that to some of our graduate clients. And they'd say, oh, tell me more. And I'd be like, I don't know. I'm just, it's like someone saying, tell me the sex of the baby. Tell me the eye color, the skin color. And they're like, I don't know, I'm still pregnant. So I really didn't know. And I remember even working with, at the time, my me- our mentor, Dr. Matt, right before the retreat. So end of February, beginning of March, we were brainstorming on what this, how this program could work, how we could train facilitators, but also give them enough of not only learning, but practical practices that they could do. And it just wasn't clicking. And so COVID happens and suddenly I, I, I go into labor. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I remember saying to you and Dr. Matt, we got to get on a call and I'm ready to give birth to this thing. And <laughs> in that call, we just like, okay, here's, here's, the, here's the download. Here's what I got. We're in a bigger virtual group. We're going to launch the facilitator training. Each facilitator is going to have a small pod from that big group that they're going to facilitate every week. And it just all clicked together. And I put out one email the next day, got 10 applications. And by the following Saturday, had eight people signed up for our very first facilitator training. By the end of that month, we filled our first virtual with 30 participants. And here we are first month of lockdown and we are busier than ever and had our first like six-figure launch yeah Mm -hmm. really did yeah and and the um and what i love is that as soon as even though we were going through the what are we going to do next on the business side we were both still focused on serving and that's how our support calls got birthed was well there's a lot of people that could use these tools right now more than ever and so we just scheduled and i don't even know how we announced it but i remember we were getting 30 40 i don't know what the biggest one was but we were getting a lot of people on these calls and they were having these massive breakthroughs in a big group like that and at least for me, that was like this really clear message of, oh, no, this this works like this works in this way, too. And um, yeah, it was like, OK, this is this is something that like this is the answer to how do we serve more? And um, yeah, that was birth the birth, the new business. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember what led to that. It was that Jenna. One mm-hmm. of our clients that had yes. just completed the the March retreat. Um, she she's a she's a branding expert, marketing, and, and had um, a big uh, clientele. And when COVID hit, she wanted to support her clientele. And she I remember she messaged us and said, "Do you guys want to hop on this call and teach some of these tools to my clients to support them?" And so I was like, yes. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to teach in it. But I yeah. just made it up. Yeah. Hopped on. We winged it. It yep. was great. And then we said, wait a minute. We should rinse and repeat this. We should offer this ourselves to 
whatever human, whatever age <laughs> needs it. And yeah, we started doing these 90 to two hour long, what we call support calls where we hopped on and brought whatever you're challenged with. And we took you through our process. We gave you our tools. Sometimes even, you know, a lot of times, like you said, people had profound transformations from it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was the past, uh, I guess, 18 months or so now. And um, uh, best year ever, you know, we doubled our revenue in, uh, in 2020. So thank you, COVID. Yeah. And um, yeah, then we hit where the year that we're in now and wrapping up in a month, right? Here we are, December 1st. Uh, recording this um and 2021 has been a say like in 2020 we launched this new model and by the first quarter of 2021 we had the model dialed in yeah like how we were facilitating the content that was in the virtual program i'd re filmed all the modules <laughs> so many times um, yeah uh, in in 2020 yeah. good use of COVID times yeah. people were bored I was busy working weekends um but uh yeah and even our facilitator training which we call mastery program um we were in the second round of that and learned a lot from the first and really got that dialed in oh we also uh in October 2020 launched our first retreat our what we called a graduate retreat so we retired the old model and really had people go through the 90-day virtual and then if they wanted the in-person experience because there is you know certain things that you just can't can't give virtually and did that and uh allowed it to be chaotic and messy as it was but also super transformational i mean if you guys go check out the video that's on our website of the retreat that's that one that's the very first one in 2020 in uh, in october 2020 um learned a lot and uh yeah and then dialed in the the mastery program the virtual and when we did our next retreat in april home run dialed that in so by you know first quarter of of 2021 our content felt really solid. How we serve and what we serve felt really good. And I feel, I was just telling this to Ron John, who's on our team um, just today, that from like May 1st until this week uh, felt very like a lull, yes. very flat, Yeah. Mm -hmm. very flat. And um, with, at least I'll speak for myself with the exception of when we were in retreat and the two hours were on calls. <laughs> yeah. Those like were still like 100% dialed in, 100% delivering. Like we were 100% there. And like it was just that everything else just felt low. <laughs> felt a lull. I, I felt like I was going through a season in my life um, where everything felt heavy. 
um, a lot of burden, a lot of responsibility, a lot of testing new things out and them not working, you know, shifts in, you know, Mike leaving step, um, <clears throat> leaving the business, us buying him out, like that, that was a process that I'm, I'm really proud of us and how we handled it and, and how much we all still love each other and support each other. Um, uh, but yeah, it, and I think also for you and I, we came into partnership uh, right when right when COVID hit, and there was no time to just to even think about what we're doing. It was just like all hands on deck, boom, go, run, and and then it was easy. Mm-hmm. We were just filling programs easily. Everything was smooth. Um, <clears throat> And, you know, the second half of 2021, it didn't feel like that anymore. And what it brought to the surface was uh, what was not in alignment between us, Mm -hmm. um, what was not in alignment as far as we never really defined our roles. Yeah. And, and the, the place that felt organic and authentic again was in facilitating. We found our roles so well there. It was just the, every, it was the everything else. And I think we were both yeah. like, like attempting to do things out of our wheelhouse. And um, yeah, we never, we never had the, the, the time. I don't know if that's accurate, but it wasn't the, the priority. Yeah. It wasn't the priority. And, and, you know, I was, I was missing, we were both missing direction on developing that. You know, we put titles on it like, okay, you're CEO, I'm this, right? And we had roughly like, I was like, okay, you you lead the way with like sales and marketing and I'll lead the way with like program development, client satisfaction. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And it, And what happened over the summer was, um we were both really trying because we're so dedicated yeah but we were swimming in each other's lanes or (laughs) leaving things that you know and swimming in the wrong lanes Mm -hmm. and not realizing at all and not communicating um all this and just uh um powering through at the same time wanting to just quit not quit the whole business but like not do it like i don't want to do this part Uh, Mm-hmm. and uh i uh and it, it was it was necessary it was it was necessary you know so it's like any relationship um you grow the most at moments where you hit that like lull that friction all that and you and i had a conversation about two months ago right about yeah. two months ago mm-hmm. where i started to express this stuff express what i needed and um and then i got introduced to a book that Mike Bledsoe, damn you for not introducing it to us sooner. <laughs> and Chris, I yeah. can't believe you read this book years ago and forgot about it. But yeah. regardless, divine timing, all meant to be. So people are like, what's the name of this book? The book is called Rocket Fuel. And it talks about the two most important roles that you need, uh, whether you fill them or you have someone. But when you have these two roles filled, what's possible in your business is rocket fuel is really taking it to the next level. 
and I listened to this book. It's only four hours, people. So get it on Audible. It's quick. I listened to chapter one and the two roles are visionary and integrator. And I was like, okay, I have parts of the visionary. I have some of the gifts of it. I don't have any of the shadows of it. But what I did here was like, this is Chris. Chris is like textbook visionary, the gifts and the shadows of it. And then I was like, oh, I'm so curious about the integrator role. And I listened to that one and I was like, oh, this is why Chris has been failing at certain things because they're part of the integrator role. And I've been giving, and he's been taking these on as tasks and dropping the ball. Oh, this is why. And I listened to it and I'm like, this is so me. I'm like textbook integrator. Uh-huh. And I said, Chris, listen to this book now. And he's like, oh, I read that book years ago. And I'm like, <laughs> I, ironically, this goes back to like the, the forgetting and remembering process that we all silly, like silly go through. Because um, I had built both of my uh, businesses before that on the, on like some of the foundations of this work. And I was always hiring integrators first. It's always my first hire, like finding a good, and like, for some reason, like I just didn't, it didn't cross my awareness that that would apply here. <laughs> and I didn't even well, I know realize why. how we were falling. I, I know why. I mean, you came into something that you didn't start. Mm, right. Yeah. And so I also, our first, I really had to learn to let go of the CEO hat, of the everything hat. And I do have some skills as a visionary. I mean, yeah. I'm great at coming up with ideas. You yep. know that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's part of it. Why you didn't recognize it is because you were looking for like, where do I fit into this? Because Anat's been winging it. And mm-hmm. I think being an integrator and having enough of the visionary, which parts of the visionary that I have is coming up with ideas um, was enough for me to be able to do this on my own, um, but not really to scale it because I don't have the desire to be the star. I don't have a lot of aspects of the, uh, the visionary. So I could see why he didn't recognize it. Um, but then you listen to it and then yeah. it clicked. clicked and, yeah. and then we're like, okay, here's everything. And then we just sat down. And for the first time, I remember saying to you, okay, Chris, if you could do just the things that the visionary wants to do, what are those? Mm -hmm. And you listed those and I'm like, great. Those are your roles. That's (laughs) it. Everything else is me or is to be filled in. And that's what, where we got to six weeks ago, where we realized we need, we need someone that's, that's, that knows marketing. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's not in either one of our wheelhouses um, strong enough or complete mm-hmm. enough. Yeah, so uh, we hired someone, outsourced to someone, and uh, got you know um, got dropped about a week ago. <laughs> Who knows if it's true that she got COVID? I mean, literally, uh, guys. Yeah. I get an email saying. Uh, Due to some family emergencies and this person having COVID, she's taking the rest of the year off and here's your refund. Yeah. And again, what a gift. What a gift. And this was literally today's Wednesday, December 1st. This was last Wednesday. And I was shocked. I was angry because, you know, we just worked with her the past five weeks. 
And that was the week that everything was due. The deliverables were due. And one of my friends said, ah, she probably, I don't know if she really, maybe she had COVID. Maybe she just had too much on her plate. Maybe she just didn't know how to really support you guys. But I let myself be angry for three days. You know that. I was oh, yeah. angry. I was scared. I felt like, well, thanks for the refund. But can I get the past six weeks of time back? Because we're in launch mode. How are we going to do this? That was my initial response. And um, I remember saying, and I know one of my quotes is everything's happening for me. And I couldn't really own it yet. I was like in some fucked up way. Yeah. <laughs> this is happening for us. We have to take our uh, own medicine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But three days, you know, and I just took my medicine and yeah. let myself feel the anger, the shock, the fear, the resentment, the what the fuck. Um, the what do we do now? The panic. And by Saturday morning, I was good. Uh, actually, by Friday morning. Friday, yeah. It was good. There was clarity mm. there. The ideas started flowing in. Um, because while I was feeling all that stuff, I was also starting to say, like, okay, there's a silver lining. I'm ready to see the silver lining. I'm ready to see the gifts of this. Mm -hmm. And the ideas and the clarity started to come in. And as the integrator, I've just been in serious action yep. and mm -hmm. on fire and feeling that same fire and excitement that I did when we pivoted due to COVID. Yeah. And this lull that I felt like I that we've been in since may and i don't mean lull only between like like as far as us but our ability to really inspire and direct our team yeah and and know what it is that we want to create next to help this grow but um yeah we're excited and and, and here we are <laughs> yeah yeah and so what you started saying you were saying something to ron john about quarter one of 2022 you were about to say like and so i i'm i don't know maybe it was just i'm i'm feeling excited the same way i did when covid yeah changed. yeah yeah I feel that too not, not 2022 2021 yeah yeah i'm feeling the same excitement i just got off the phone with him a couple hours ago i go i finally feel like there's there's a liveness and clarity here that I wanted in May, like we got back from our April retreat and May 1st, we were like, I remember we did a, we taught a master class and it didn't, felt flat. Yeah, it felt flat. Felt flat to the point where what was working for the past year of doing these master class and support calls felt like, oh, we need to toss that out and we need to do something new and everything that we came up with felt like a push felt like a struggle didn't quite feel and yeah. click in and i'll be honest um well not honest but like what i see now is that i didn't unconsciously didn't want to experience what happened anyway which is a drop in in our lead flow a drop in our enrollments I wanted to keep it going at the same pace. I didn't want to experience what is normal in all businesses, <laughs> a cycle yeah. where things get uh, uh, um, slow down a bit. Yeah, I didn't want to experience that. Um, and so unconsciously went into like, okay, we, we, 
we'll just we'll come up with something else mm -hmm. all along even intuitively my intuition strong mm -hmm. feeling like we're gonna like it's, it's gonna be a flop Mm. and what we did come up with this summer was a you know this two-day workshop was a bit of a flop we put a lot of energy and um i learned a lot from the season i learned to um stick to my intuition follow what flows don't force anything and it's going to be what it's going to be and detach yeah. from it always being a home run mm -hmm. some some games you win some games you lose yeah it felt like we experienced like the season of winter just over the summertime and yeah in, in winter you're not out there in the field planting planting the new seeds and and hoeing and harvesting it's you're, you're inside and you're having a you're, that's when a lot of the internal work is happening and i think that's the same thing happened with us internally in the company like everything was getting cleaned up subtly and like we were cleaning up our dynamic and we are cleaning up a lot of the language and and the uh, team we let team. go of yeah. a mentor we let go of an agency that we worked with we were just mm -hmm. cleaning up yeah cleaning up yeah yeah so that now like in sprint like it feels like we're in spring now and we're clear we're energized and like the sun's coming out and we're like it's go time <laughs> yeah yeah so hence this call today yeah. this is mm -hmm. you know this is we, we are super excited to launch this podcast um you know our intention behind it is uh is you know, we're going to be hopping on here and teaching you guys, giving you guys some, some of our, our wisdom and our teachings that we uh, give to our clients. And, uh, and also, like Chris said, showcasing our clients' successes and stories. And our hope is that um, you're very clear on what's possible and what's available uh, at Training Camp for the Soul, because it's, it's difficult. It's been hard. I'm not saying it always will be, but it's been hard to summarize the experience um, in a social media post or in or on a web page. And because we're in the self-development space and there's so many versions of what that could look like. And because we don't just serve men or just women, um, and this really is something that is powerful for everyone. Like you ask our clients who should do this work and they say, oh, everyone. Yeah. Um, so that's been a, a, uh, a gift. <laughs> like it's beautiful to be, to know that you have something that could work for everyone. And it's also been uh, a struggle because how can people understand it enough and grasp it enough? Mm -hmm. And uh, so um, that's part of our intention is that we hope that uh, this gives you that clarity that as you listen to our client stories, uh, transformations, that um, it awakens something in you, that you find yourself in it, that um, you see that, oh, wow, they, they did exactly what I want to do. And that maybe even from just listening to the podcast that you experience a, a release, that you experience some healing, some transformation before you've even considered applying signing up and going through our work 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Anadi. And that is, that's absolutely my intention as I, as I interview our, our, our graduates, we've already had a few interviewed and they shared so vulnerably their stories and their struggles and their challenges along with their wins. And that's why I, I hope you all that are listening now have made it this far, like really see the realness uh, in this program and in a not and I, like, I love that we just had this conversation and not because we just shared uh, both like the exciting times of the history and of training camp, and then also the downtimes and the struggles that, that we've had along the way. And um, I think if, if nothing else, like we are both very authentic and, and, and both, both of our uh, top core values of in, integrity, like we're in integrity with what we do. And we, we want to be even, even more open with that and sharing with you, like the realness of not only our program, but of our clients' journeys. Um, and our own journeys. I mean, you're going to yeah. hear, we're, we're going to hop on here. Yep. We're going to share some <laughs> things that we've, you know, gone through personally um, or going through. So mm -hmm. you know, we really want to uh, let you into our world and show you what's unique um, because there's a lot, a, a lot of coaches out there, a lot of good ones and a lot of ones that are just average and a lot of programs out there. And so it's like, what, what makes us different? Why us? Why would you want to listen to us, be with us? We hope that um, this gives you that clarity one way or another. So thank you all for joining on this inaugural episode of the training camp for the soul podcast. Uh, I'm going to be your host, Chris Marhefka in this uh, podcast journey. Uh, and Anat is going to be my co-host on episodes like this. We're both going to be tuning in and, and sharing more from our perspective and our stories and our experiences. And then also you're going to hear from our clients as well. So thank you all so much for being on this journey with us. And if you want to learn more about training camp for the soul and this beautiful story that we just unraveled for the last hour, go to trainingcampforthesoul.com and you can find out about our online virtual programs, our in-person retreats and, uh, and our mastery program. And uh, you can also follow us on Instagram where we'll be posting little clips of, of this podcast as well as many other videos and, and, and call them knowledge bombs that we drop along the way. Um, so go ahead and follow us uh, at Instagram at Training Camp for the Soul to find out more. Thank you, Anat. Thanks, guys. Here. Yeah, thank you. Exciting time. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of the Training Camp for the Soul podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share it. And if you'd love to thank us, leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. And to learn more about Training Camp for the Soul and the work that we do, go to trainingcampforthesoul.com where you can get some free resources, learn about our online programs and in-person retreats. And lastly, follow us on Instagram at Training Camp for the Soul for some inspiring and life-changing content.